Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Wanna go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. The only thing better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. And welcome to the 4th Line Voice Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 268 of the Big Show, some enforcer-based podcasting coming at you. Brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. How's everybody doing out there? Another Sunday. Or as I'm often told, Monday. People enjoy listening to this on Monday on the commute to work. You know, we got to get through the work day. Folks, Christmas around the corner. One week today. Hopefully uh, Santa finds you. Done your shopping yet? I've like done zero. Well, I shouldn't say I've done zero. I've done a little bit, but um, see, I lucked out. Like I, I completely sold the wife on the fact that like we're going to Vegas in February. So I'm just like, ah, let's just save our money. We don't have to buy each other anything. We'll save it for Vegas. And she bought it. She bought the story. So uh, I got away with that one because I have like no clue what to get her. But. Uh, <laughs> But, uh, no, I mean, you know, Christmas is really for the kids, right? So, of course, we have the nieces and the nephews, the young ones. So, uh, that's basically where all the holiday stuff or all the holiday shopping is gone. So we pretty much have that wrapped up. Um, other than that, um, yeah, my brother and I went and bought the old man a leaf blower. His, his crapped out. So he'll be all pumped. We got him a pretty good one. So. Uh, yeah, he'll be pumped about that one. I'm sure my mom will just be thrilled that we got him another leaf blower. But actually, she probably will be because that keeps him outside. <laughs> but uh, <clears throat> anyway, hey, if uh, if 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 any of you listeners out there, um, I'm easy to shop for. Feel free if you need the address, let me know. I'll uh, I'll send it over to you. Um, but uh, I, I kid, I kid. But uh, yeah. Christmas right around the corner. Hard to believe. 2022 almost over. Where did it go? But you'll feel like time stood still with this show. Let's get into it, folks. What are we going to talk about today? 
Well, first off, at the top of the hour, top of the hour, top of the show, I want to congratulate uh, John Searson out in the UK. Uh, he has been on this show a few times. I've known John for a, for a while now, and uh, I want to congrat. Well, one, it's his birthday, as I'm recording this on Saturday night. Uh, Saturday was his birthday, so happy birthday. But on top of that, how many people do this on their birthday? 40 years old. Um, he strapped on boxing gloves, got into a ring, and uh, was part of a white collar boxing charity event to raise money for cancer. Um, and he's been re- <coughs> uh, what's he been training for? Two or three months now, and uh, yeah, and he did a bang up job. Um, I am told uh, there's video up. I haven't had a chance to watch the video yet. He, uh, he went the distance, folks, and, uh, he lost on points. I'm telling you, I heard there hasn't been, there hasn't been this many people upset over a judging decision since the OJ trial. That's what I heard online, just briefly on some of the UK, uh, message forums that I've been seeing. But I would like to, uh, congratulate, uh, to John. And I sent him a message, uh, earlier today. Um, yeah, man, I said, you know, and I know he was really nervous about, like anybody, you're getting, you're getting into a fight. So yeah, it, um, you know, it's obviously a, a sort of, uh, as the event clo- gotten closer, um, I'm sure the anxiety level obviously got ramped up and everything else. And, uh, but man, you know, and I said, well, like I told him, I said, just the fact that you went out and did it, win, lose or draw. Um, nobody can say shit to you, man. You did it. You got in the ring and swung and threw down. So, you know, so if anybody knocks you, fuck them. I mean, really, what can they say? Um, you know, and, and above all, it was a charity event. And, uh, what do they say? Sometimes charity really hurts. Um, but no, he, uh, he did a good thing. Great thing. Uh, well done, John. Uh, and, uh, good for you. And, um, yeah, so that's cool. But I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to check out his, uh, his video, his boxing video later. So, uh, but John Searson, happy birthday and well done on the boxing. And, um, yes, good on you, man. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to start. Well, I got to start with that, right? How many, how many listeners are getting into boxing matches, um, on their 40th birthdays? But, um, well done, sir. Um, well, well, I'll get into this. I'll get into the, obviously, you know, obviously I have to talk about the sponsors and a few of my, few of my friends and, and give you guys the heads up and the plugs and, and, uh, there's a few things that I think you guys should be checking out, but, uh, um, and I will let you know. But first I have to say, as I said, I'm a member of the Hockey Podcast Network. There's over 50 shows in the network. All the NHL teams have a podcast. So whatever team you're a fan of, there is a podcast for you and probably multiple podcasts for you. And, uh, Terry Ryan's on the network as well. And, um, you know, from Shorzy, so definitely uh, Tennis Cock, but uh, definitely check out his show. And then, of course, for my off-network friends, we got Alec over there at the Five for Fighting podcast. Um, he just released his, finally released his Gary Toporowski special, which I was uh, uh, a part of myself, Jay, and uh, Mark McFarlane. And uh, I've only, I've listened to, I'm halfway through listening to Jay's, because like I said, I've been, with all the things that have going on in my life, I haven't had a chance to catch up on my podcast. Um, but I started listening to that 
the other day, so I will definitely finish it. I, I listened to all those guys' episodes, so um, I will definitely, uh, I'm just getting into the McFarlane part, I think, so. But yes, so definitely check it out. As I always say, Alec has a tremendous pack catalog as well. Uh, Rob Ray, Via Lois, on and on. Um, as well as Jilton Joe Lazito is back in the podcasting world, as you guys know. And um, yes, he has started a new podcast. It's called the, Nord- the Nordiques Knuckles Podcast. Obviously, from the name, you can tell it is a Quebec Nordiques podcast. Uh, uh, centered program and he had Trevor Steenberg on as his first guest season and he's released part two of that interview is out right now so I encourage you to check out Joe's show of course formerly uh, the Coliseum Chronicles podcast which was an Islanders podcast um, and Joe did great work there put out about I don't know about 80 episodes uh, give or take it depends whose math you use um, but Joe did a great job with that and he, and he always said that the Quebec Nordiques were his like second favorite team behind the Islanders so he wanted to start that show. So, uh, yeah, so definitely check out those two shows, of course. And uh, and if you happen to be on the YouTubes, as they say, uh, and you're bouncing around and you're looking for, uh, you know, to kill some time, uh, again, Alec at the Five for Fighting podcast, um, he has, uh, he's kind of got his, the Five for Fighting YouTube channel. It's kind of a 2.0 version. His first one, of course, uh, got shut down by YouTube for, uh, well, the East Coast League. And it's copyright and blah, blah, blah. So everybody knows that story. Um, but he's uh, revived it with a new one. Um, so hit the subscribe button if you, like I always say in all these episodes, and I won't, I've always, I, I sort of beat this into powder every episode. But whether it be a podcast that you listen to or a YouTube channel you go to, as a listener, the greatest, the best thing you can do for a create to help a creator out, no matter what show it happens to be, is hit the subscribe button and leave reviews. Whether just just the five, just hit the star rating. That's all you got to do because it helps in searches later. If you ever listen to a podcast or watch a YouTube channel and it says over in the corner related channels or you know whatever you might or you like this, you might like these. Um, you go as a show. You go into you might like these category on the amount of uh, um, ratings that you get, reviews that you get. So. No matter what show you listen, I'm not just saying it for me, but for Alec or for whatever podcast you listen to or whatever YouTube channel you watch, um, hitting the subscribe button, first of all, and then reviewing, well, that's more of a podcast thing, but whatever platform you're on, listening to it, Spotify, iTunes, Podbean, whatever the hell you listen to, iHeartRadio, whatever, um, just hit the star rating. No one's saying you got to write up a war and peace-like review, just hit the star rating, that's all you got to do. And uh, it helps the it helps the creator out immensely. So that is my PSA. If you could do that for us, it'd be greatly appreciated. But again, back to the YouTube. Yeah, Alec, Fight for Fighting YouTube channel, as well as my boy Jay out in Iowa, D Skunk D, like the letter D, as in Darren D Skunk, like the animal. Um, he is currently uploading SPHL footage. Um, does a great job with that. But he's been doing this shit for over a decade. So, and the, he is criminally underrated on YouTube. And, uh, hit that subscribe button and go down the rabbit hole on his show. Cause I mean, he's got old, like, IHL footage on there and like Wrecker and all those guys. Yeah, go down the rabbit hole on his channel. Believe me, you'll dig it. I have, hey, I'm not gonna steer you guys wrong. I'm telling you. So definitely check out his channel again. Subscribe. Go down the rabbit hole. You'll dig it. And for the newest guy on the scene, on the YouTube scene, um, my, my former guest, he was on a couple of week, a week or so back, 
uh, Jordan out there in the Maritimes, and he and he came on and we talked about old uh, Quebec Junior Hockey League, uh, the days, the late '90s, early 2000s. Um, well, he since after the show went out and started a YouTube channel that's called Five in a Game, and uh, yeah, he's uploaded a few videos, but he's been doing biography videos. And he's done he's done Samuel Duplain, Mark Andre Waugh, and his latest one has been Marty Doyle. Um, yeah, definitely uh, check them out. They're like 15 minutes, you know. Um, but he's uh, he's starting to put video onto it, like fight clips while he's talking and. Um, like I said, if you're just sitting in front of the, on your phone trying to kill time, or you're sitting in front of your smart TV and it's late and you got your rum and eggnog and you got your slippers on, and you're leaning back in your easy chair. Yeah. Five in a game. Hit the, hit the biography channel. Some great fights, some old school stuff. And, uh, yeah, again, support Jordan. He's doing a great job. Like I always say, anybody that's creating anything, I'm always a big supporter of. And, uh, and I dig the fact that he went out and, uh, you know, especially with hockey fight history and that type of thing. Cause it's, it's very rare, right? I mean, yeah, there's clips and everything on video, and or there's always video clips on YouTube from all the old fights and everything. But um, you know, very rarely does anybody do like a podcast with old school hockey, or does video clips on old school hockey, or I uh, guess video biographies, or whatever you want to call them, little short movies. Um, well, that'd be a biography, I guess, right? <laughs> um, but um, so I think uh, just in terms of enforcer history, I think it's a cool. It's a cool deal, and um, yeah, and like I said, so support these guys and what they're doing, um, you know, and I think as fans, um, and I'm including myself in this, uh, I, I think we get guilty, we're, we're sort of um, uh, spoiled with everything that's out there, and uh, you know, because you just go to YouTube, oh, I want to see Darren Kimball fights, but up they come, right? Um, and I think we're often spoiled with that, and um or just sort of expected, I guess. Um, so, but people, but none of that would be there without people taking the time out of their life to upload all that stuff, right? And I think the creators, a lot of times, especially in the in the you know, on social media in that space, um, it is it is wild west. Like people will steal shit left and right. Like I mean, I know I've had on my YouTube channel, and I don't have any problem with people using my video for a project that they're doing or if they want to tweet something or put it up on the fight groups or whatever. I mean, I don't have a problem with that and or, you know, whatever. But you know, could you say where you got it from? You know, that would be nice. I mean, just just to say, not that it's, uh, oh, look at me, how great I am with all my video. And it's nothing like that. It's just like, just give me the rub, right? Like, it's like, so the people will come to my channel. That creates traffic to my channel. But I said, I've had video, and I'm just speaking for myself, but I know many people that have, but I've had people take stuff right off my channel, then they put their watermark on it and upload it. And it's like, really? Like, come on. You know, it's just like, it's just so greasy. And, uh, you know, and I mean, so I'm, I'm Spit and Chiglets is guilty of it. They're all guilty. Spit and Chiglets gotten better lately, but before it was like, oh yeah, they took some of my shit, and I had to send them a message, and... Um, I think they have a different guy now that's doing it. And I think he, I think they're crediting people now, but, um, but all those places and like, yeah, whatever. I won't get into all that, but there's been Facebook groups and stuff. They, I mean, they have hundred, two, three, four hundred thousand, uh, you know, members or whatever views and all this stuff. And it's like, you know, do you have to steal every, like, do you have to, you, like, you just can't share. Oh, we got the, like you, it's on your channel. People are still coming to see it. But can't you say like, oh, we got this clip from Five for Fighting or from the Fourth Line Voice or from D Skunk or whatever? 
you know, I mean, there people are still watching it, but maybe they'll, you know, a few of them will, oh, well, I like this clip, maybe I'll go to D-Skunk's channel, and then, you know, it's it's sort of a, a you know, scratch my back, I'll scratch your type of thing, or, you know, if you have a platform, and you can, like I said, right, you can give the rub to somebody else, maybe someone that has less subscribers or whatever, why not help them out? Everyone wins that way, you know? You know, uh, you know, so it's just, I don't know. That just shit really bugs me. But anyway, I'll, before I'm going on a tangent here, I'll start beating a dead horse. But uh, anyway, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, those are the YouTube channels. Definitely check them out. So, um, all right, well, let's get into uh, the topics of the day, shall we? Ah, well, we'll talk about Ryan Reeves. Um, was Probert scared? We'll talk about that. And I have a list. Tim's pumped. Tim and his jaw, he's really excited about the broken, Tim and his broken jaw is really excited about the list. It's a unique list this time. It is the top 10, uh, what, hold on, where's my list? Where'd I write it down here? I gotta click, hold on, I gotta click on it. What was the title of it here? Really well prepared. Oh, the 10 best fighters in the Hockey Hall of Fame. So we'll, we're gonna get into that. So it's like the all-star version, the Hall of Fame here. Um, and I always say with those lists, um, for anybody new, the older, the older listeners will know, but for anybody new to the show, um, uh, I have, I have a bunch of lists that have been sent to me over the years. I got over the years, over the last little while when I started doing all these lists, best fighters for the Flyers, best for the Bruins, blah, blah, blah. And I started finding some on the internet, whatever. And then I had other people send me links. Um, I put them all in a, in a, in a file and, um, yeah, I don't look at them. So I always say when I click on them for the first time, I'm discovering them with you, the listener, because then I think the reaction is genuine. And um, yeah, and it's a surprise for me as well. So I have not looked at this list. So um, and it, and like I said, I have a couple cats that send me stuff. And uh, and like I said, I've, I've had lists sent to me six months ago. Um, like I had one gentleman, he sent me about 30 links. So they're all sitting in there and I've used some of them. Like, I think we've gone through most of the NHL teams. I wish I'd written shit down, but, uh, you know, I mean, I'm sure there's, oh, you know, 17 lists for the toughest Maple Leaf players of all time. So I'm sure we'll probably double up at some point on teams, but, uh, whatever. I, like I said, the listeners enjoy the lists and I like bringing them to you. And, uh, like I always say, I, I always kind of, I always sort of, uh, say that, you know, the shittier the list, the better, because then it's just funnier that way. So, you know, so we'll get into that. Hall of Fame fighters. So that's going to be an interesting topic. I'm kind of, my wheels are sort of turning right now, but, uh, what's going to happen. But, um, all right. Well, like I said, we'll start off with Ryan Reeves. Of course, um, I'm always, I'm on social media, on Twitter and on Facebook. Um, I always say the moment I'm done with this podcast, I will be done with social media because it is a cesspool. Um, Although, you know, I sort of take that back. Um, because you sort of, I, I guess, more probably more on Facebook than you can on Twitter. Because Twitter, it's sort of whoever you're following, your, your feed sort of leads to that too. But um, you can sort of tailor make, tailor, tailor make your, uh, your, your, your timeline, really. Um, I, I have been completely honest. I have, a, I have a bunch of followers that I have muted because I am not... Just any, I'm not interested in the shit that they're tweeting or putting out on Facebook. Uh, most of it's about politics. Not that, oh, they voted different than me. Fuck them. It's not that, but it's just, 
I, I, I don't want to read it. I don't want to. I, I don't. And some people just can't help themselves. That's all they talk about. And I'm not interested. I like them as a person and to talk hockey with them, but I have no interest in your politics and, uh, what, and, but, and I mean, and if a guy's a real uh, off the deep end tinfoil hat, I just unfollow him because it's like, go away. I'm like, I have no interest in, you got mental issues and I'm not saying left or right or whatever. Cause believe me, both sides have their fucking goofs. Um, and I have no patience for any of that at this point in my life and I don't want to read it. And so I just put it out of my life. And, um, and I, and I've said, and I, and I've brought this up a couple times on this show. I have had people that have wanted to come on the show and talk politics um, I have, there is, that is never going to happen. I have zero interest in doing that. Um, people tune into this to t- hear about fights and fighters and blah, blah, blah. They don't want to listen about the, who's Republicans and Democrats and Trudeau and Paulette and blah, 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 and freedom convoys and vaccines and all this horse shit. Um, no, uh, nobody wants to hear that. At least I would want to hear that on a hockey fight show. So I'm a, I'm a gathering most of my, Listeners don't want to either. Um, so very, I, I can't remember when I have, but very seldom have I injected my politics into things. Um, cause as I know, no one listening is interested in what my politics are, nor am I interested in sharing them with you. Um, you know, um, and I've had, again, I've had listeners say that, oh, well, you know, I, if you're ever stuck for, for, con- you're always talking about you need content and creating content. Oh, you should talk about politics sometime. Why? Why would anybody want to listen to me talk about politics? For one, I'd assume just from population-wise, majority of my listeners are probably Americans, so I'm pretty sure they don't want to listen to Canadian politics. And uh, as a Canadian, I'm not fully invested into American politics. Now, granted, I mean, obviously that's the most of our news comes from the States with Fox and CNN and blah, 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 and all that. Um, so, I mean, you're sort of inundated with it on a daily basis. And if you're on social media, it's everywhere you turn. But um, I, I haven't looked into Senator. I couldn't tell you the senators from all. I could tell you some of them, obviously, but I'm not interested in American politics. Like I don't, it doesn't affect, well, I shouldn't say, I guess everything affects people, but I mean, you know what I'm saying? It doesn't affect my day to day life. So, um, in terms of the policy or whatever's going on, I'm sure down the road in a domino like effect, it affects me, but you know what I'm saying? Anyway, to move on from that, um, I am not going to get into that. And, uh, and I've often said, I've had people ask me like, who do you vote for? Or what, what side are you on? Like it's a fucking team sport these days. And the fact that they have to ask me obviously shows that I have not um, let my political, whatever, not biased, but whatever my um, political stance is, I haven't, uh, I haven't put it out there too much. There's a few things I've said, but I overall, no, I've, I've kept my politics out of it, which I plan on doing and everything else. Um, you know, it, uh, and I've often told people, I said, well, I guess it, it's like the, it's, it, it's sort of in the, in the sense of when it becomes politics, I guess I always said it's sort of like a Teflon like answer or whatever, but I'm really on the fence. I always say they're like left, right, left, because everybody's, oh, it's a left side. It's a right side, whatever. I've always said, it depends what topic you're talking about. What's the topic? Cause I'm in the middle. I'm a cent, I'm 
center lean left, center lean right, depending on the, you know, if we're talking about crime or whatever it may be or whatever social policy or whatever. It depends. I, I you know, I, I like to, I always sort of say, I think that's more of a, what I would think just a normal common sense answer would be. And if that's, you know, whatever, like I don't, I'm not picking a team, you know? So I guess, I guess when you vote, you have to pick a team, but um yeah, I don't know. It depends what the topic is, you know, left, right. I can go, I go, I go either way. How's that one for you? Yeah. <laughs> it depends what we're talking about. But for the most part, I'm in the middle on most things. Um, yeah. So if you really need to know that bad, there you go. How's that for a Teflon? How to slide out of that answer? Where are you politically? In the middle. There you go. Um, and it was actually, it was sort of mentioned to me that uh, the other day from somebody up. Uh, when it was about, they mentioned woke and stuff. And I was just like, I'm so tired of hearing about woke. I'm not either pro-woke or anti-woke, whatever. I just, it's so stupid. It's such a stupid saying and whatever. And I said that and the guy's like, well, I understand what you're saying. You're trying not to piss off your followers. I'm like, I could give a shit about my follower count on Twitter. I don't care. I just find the whole thing, woke thing holds stupid, you know, and, uh, Things are going to bother you if you let them bother bother you. You know, I'm like, who gives a shit? You know, most of the shit that they talk about. I always laugh. Oh, they. They say this. Who's they? Somebody tell me who they are. And, you know, and I and I always say with this, with anything, because uh, it's got, I'm, I'm, my rambling's going to get to a point here when I talk about Reeves for a second, because it's going to talk about hockey Twitter. Um, whenever we talk about social media, we always talk like that's the whole world. Oh, everyone's saying this. Well, who's everyone? Twitter isn't everyone. Twitter's barely anyone. It's, it's going to continue to be barely anyone here pretty soon. Um, tw- like Twitter's just a wasteland now. I can remember when I was, because I've been on Twitter since 2011. And I can remember it was really hopping, you know, back in the day. Like you put stuff up and you'd get lots of replies and lots of retweets and, and everything. Now it's just, a, it's deserted. And I've talked to so many people. I've had so many followers just send me a private message. And they're like, yeah, dude, here's my cell number if you ever want to, you know, send me a text or whatever. But I'm out of here. I hate this site. And this is boring. You know, whatever. And I completely understand it. Um, so Twitter's kind of dying. But it's just like, I find it anyway. Um, you know, I, I brought that up on my last couple, like, Probert Invitational Tournaments. It's like, nothing like it used to be. Um, you know. And... But like I said, it, with social media, especially with Twitter, I mean, what's the demographic on Twitter? I never bothered to look it up, but I would think it's somewhere between like, you know, teenage, uh, I don't know, whatever, 15 to you know, mid-20s, late-20s, I would think. Like, I would think that's your sort of your key demographic. So, you know, obviously I don't relate to that, being 47, I don't relate to that, and they don't relate to my content, you know, because I'm, you know, what 17-year-olds looking at LinkGate videos, you know. So it's like, I did that one time when we were at a, we had a meeting at work. And we had, there was, I don't know how many people were in the room. But I just kind of threw it out there because I was just curious for my own. I'm like, who here has a Twitter account? And like four people put up their hand. We're talking like there was 40 or 50 people in the room. And granted, they're all like 30 and older, right? Like they don't, most of them had Facebook, you know, especially the old people with the grandparents and stuff like that. But it was just like. Yeah, so it's like, we always have this thing that it's, it's everybody. It's like, no, it's not. It's barely anybody. So my point being, 
I don't know if I had a point. But anyway, to get back to my Ryan Reeves thing. Of course, um, I was talking about politics and Reeves, and I'm all over the place this morning. Or this morning, tonight. Um, at what time is it? Well, that's only 6.30. But um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, Reeves. Um, well, of course, Ryan Reeves got traded to Minnesota, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But they were playing the Red Wings the other night, and he cranked this motherfucker. Holy shit. Um, uh, was it... Uh, Heronic, Heronic or something, whoever for Detroit. Um, I've never heard of the guy, but Reeves went through him like a hot knife through butter. And um, uh, somebody came over and kind of got in his face and shoved him. But at the same time, Reeves was kind of getting backwards and kind of like, okay, let's go, like kind of squaring up with the guy, but the refs were in there. And this guy didn't seem all that anxious to drop his shit, whatever. Um, later in the game, Reeves hit another guy in the corner and then somebody did drop Shabbat, I think, or something, uh, did drop his gloves with Reeves and the fight wasn't, you know, it was two fight punches, they fell down or whatever, but he did engage with him. Um, anyway, so of course, anytime, um, there is a hit or anything, of course, uh, hockey Twitter comes alive with the, you know, the hills become alive with the sound of music. Um, the Twitter landscape becomes alive. And, um, actually I will say for the most part, um, in reading Twitter, which was surprising, because like I said, I've been on there since 2011, I've seen all the whining and everything else. Um, they're really, from what I could see, I'm sure there was, I didn't, I didn't do an in-depth hourly three hour dive into all the people talking about the Reeves hit, but, uh, on the surface, I saw a few, few people, obviously a bunch of people put up the video and then I just go down the comment section and read. Most people are very much pro, it was clean, and nobody was really crying about it. There's a few Red Wing fans that are always crying. I mean, but again, if, if, if a Red Wing had hit Reeves like that, they wouldn't be saying anything. So, I mean, you get the fanboys in there talking about their shit and whatever their team is. But overall, it was a pretty unanimous, clean hit. Nothing, You know, it sucks. I will say with the one thing, when the guy was coming out of his zone... What he, what's he, I'm sure everyone listening at this point knows the hit that I'm talking about. If not, just go to YouTube and type in Ryan Reeves hit. It'll be the first one that comes up. <coughs> I'm not sure what the Red Wing guy is doing. I've never seen it before. He's coming out of his own zone, but he looks to the left and he's looking at his teammate or something. And then he looks, and he's going up right straight up the middle of the ice with the puck. And then as he puts his head forward to, you know, to look straight ahead, well, Reeves is right there and just goes right through him. And it's like, I don't know what this guy was, because he had the puck. He's coming out with the puck. What's he looking around for? Uh, especially kind of behind him. Like, I don't know what he's doing. If the guy yelled at him or something, I don't know. It was just, it was kind of weird. If he's watched the video, you'll know what I'm talking about. But anyway, so Reeves steamrolls this guy. And like I said, for the most part, people are saying it's clean. Um, I think it was clean. Um, yeah. But, um... You know, and then, of course, I go to Facebook and I go to the fight groups and there, once again, there's a bunch of guys kind of shitting on Reeves and it's like, um, and, and one of them, and, and, and one of them was Steve, who I've, I've asked to, I've asked him to come on the show. I enjoy Steve's stuff. Him and I get along. This is not an indictment of him. I just, dis- we disagreed about it and we had a, we had a little back and forth. I mean, we weren't like motherfucking each other or anything, but I mean, it was just like, um, I disagreed with his stance on it because he was like, well, if you're going to hit some reach, if you're going to be the tough guy, you got to stand there and take the challenge. And he was backpedaling out of there and I'm kind of like, yeah, I think you're making more out of that, Steve, than what actually happened. I didn't see Reeves really wasn't running away from anybody. 
I mean, at that point, it's not up to him to engage in the fight. He already flattened the guy. What does he need to engage in the fight for? Sort of up to the Red Wings to come up with it. And you're like, well, 96 came over, whoever 90, number 96 was. I'm like, yeah, but watch the video. Did he look like he was real anxious and fighting? He didn't. It wasn't like he dropped his gloves and everything and Reeves was backpedaling. Nobody dropped anything. Um, like I said, I think people are... Re- and Steve wasn't the only one saying it, but I, I, to me, it's a reach to blame Reeves for not fighting there. I'm like, mm. like I get, and I've, like I said, I've seen on these Facebook groups, I've talked about it on this show before. Um, the and I'm not saying you got to go buy his jersey and wave the pom poms around, but the amount of shit that Ryan Reeves catches online in these Facebook fight groups to me is eye rolling. Again, I'm not saying you got to like him or whatever, but just, I don't know. Like, I, it, he really can't win with some people. It's like, well, he never fights. Well, he he's leading, he's up there in hits every year in the top three or top five in NHL hits throughout his career. So he's obviously engaging in physical play. So he's, in, he's engaging in contact. So it's, it's, so he's supposed to hit people and run around and try to fight people. Well, He's running around hitting people. None of these people are clearly are engaging with him because he doesn't have that many fights. So he has to hit people and start the fights? Why? Like, he's... You know, now, at the same time, every time he's been challenged, I've seen him drop... Like, again, I'm not watching the games, but if I watch the videos, when he's challenged, he fights. Like like I said, later in the Detroit game, he runs the guy in the corner, and somebody comes running at him and drops their shit. Well, Reeves drops his gloves and fights the guy. I mean, I haven't seen someone drop their gloves and Reeves skate away from them. I haven't seen it. I mean, maybe maybe it's... I don't know. I'm not saying with absolute that it's never happened, but I've never... I'm just saying I've never seen that. So it's not like he's ducking, air quote, ducking fights. So... I'm like... I said... So so he drops the gloves and fights. Oh, the fight sucks and he's overrated. If he doesn't fight, it's oh he never fights and but all he does is mouth off and chirp and he's scared. Oh, and he would I and again, I always love these guys that act like he wouldn't make it in the eighties or the nineties. It's like really did you see some of the fighters in the eighties and the nineties? Like I'm again I'm not knocking guys, but like Jay Caulfield, Neil Sheehy, Brian Curran, on and on. Well these guys lasted five, six, seven hundred games. Ed Costellic, you know, these guys at lasted in the NHL and they never got killed but somehow Reeves would get murdered like really oh okay you know and then the one guy's arguing well you think he's better than Probert I'm like what like okay dummy adults talk and go away you know I said you're you know no I'm not saying Ryan Reeves is Bob Probert what what like stop talking stupid I am simply saying dude's like whatever 6'2 jacked um, I'm assuming he's probably trained in some sort of fighting, boxing, or MMA, or whatever. Um, you you really think that just Darren Kimball or Craig Berube or whoever is, oh, they're just going to swing him around and ragdoll him and beat the fuck out of Like, really? You, you, you really think that's going to happen? You really think so? Come on. Like, just... Like, I get it. We're all old school. So am I. You know? And, but... Let's, you know, can we, can we start being realistic here? Like you can say whatever you want about the guy. You don't like his antics or the way he chirps, the way he carries himself. I like these guys, this fight group that they call him a bully. It's like, Jesus, seriously? A bully. What the fuck was Dave Semenko? What was Marty McSorley? 
What was Probert? Like, what are you talking about? Like, that's the whole point. What was Dave Brown? Like, Ryan Reeves, a bull. What are you? You sound like a soccer mom right now. Like, what? He's a bully. What is this, Pee Wee? Like, yeah, he's a bully. Well, yeah, but he only does that because he knows no one's going to fight him. So? Why is that his fault? Why? Again, someone explain this to me. Why is it Ryan Reeves' fault that the rest of the league's a bunch of pussies? Explain that to me. I love these guys, though. They, they take it out on him like it's his fault. It's like, well, no one's else is fighting, so why does he have to be like that? Oh, I guess, yeah. Well, what are we doing? Now, in, am, am I, again, I don't watch the whatever, but like I said, I've been on social media for a decade now. I mean, if Ryan Reeves farts in the wrong direction, there'll be a video of it on my timeline somewhere. Um, I have yet to see a video of Ryan Reeves grabbing, I don't know, uh, who's the leader, Patrick Kane, and fucking slapping him around. Like, I haven't yet to see him do that. So, I, who are these people that he's bullying and slapping around? Again, I didn't realize this was the grade, the grade six, you know, ice capades here. You know, and these are from fight fans. Like, this, I expect this from some 19, Marner girl on Twitter. I expect her to cry about it. But this is, these are guys in the fight group, in a hockey fights and brawls group, that are crying that Ryan Reeves is a bully. He wouldn't act like that with Bobby around. Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. Well, he, what, he's not around. So, you know, he gets paid a couple million dollars to throw hits and, and, and be an asshole. Again, I used to think, I, I thought that was the point of the whole gig, but, I don't know, apparently, oh, the, he's against the code, or these these morons that just, I don't know, they just can't, like I said, Ryan Reeves, it doesn't matter what Reeves does, he can't win with these people, doesn't matter, he could have the great, he could have a fucking fight with someone that's Tasker and Sen, and they'd still say that, oh, he's not as good as the 80s, he'd get killed in the 80s, you know, oh, finally he was forced to fight, you know he didn't want to, but he had to, oh, yeah, okay, you know, it's, you know, just why? Again, I'm not saying you got to go out and like Ryan Reeves. I don't give a shit if you like him or not. But, geez, really? That's, this is the, but he's the the poster boy for your hatred of 2022 hockey is Ryan Reeves? Seriously? I said, uh, in a league full of fucking candy asses, Ryan Reeves is the guy that you're going to hate on? Are you shitting me? It's embarrassing. Like, and some of you just reach for this hatred of him. You know, which, again, going back to my conversation with Steve, and I, I told him I just I disagreed, and it was just like, you know, like I said, I, I don't have a problem with Steve. I just didn't appreciate, not appreciate, that's not the right word. I didn't, I just didn't understand. Where I, well, that's, I guess, that's where, I, although I guess what he was saying is he's he just wants to see the fights because it's a, he's proactive, pro-fight. And that's basically what he was getting at. It wasn't really the combatant or the people involved. It was more just wanting to see a fight. And I understand that sentiment. I agree. I agree with him on that. Um, but my point was that it's not up to Reeves at that point to be the fight. He doesn't have to fight. Or he doesn't have to be the instigator of it. He ran the guy over. It's up to them to respond to it. Like I said, all the time when he runs around and throws hits, it's up to the other team to respond to that. So, like I said, like... You know, so Reeves is supposed to run around, hit everybody, start all, and, and start all the fights. Like, really? Should he fucking pop the corn too? Like, what else do you want him to do? Like, 
he's running around. It's up to the other teams to do something about it. So, you know, I mean, that's how I look at it. Maybe I'm fucked in the head. I mean, you know, whatever. But I just don't understand the Reeves hate. I don't, I don't, I've never gotten that. Like, like I said, I don't, I'm not saying you gotta like him, but I just don't understand why he's the, the lightning rod of why 2022 hockey is shitty. It's like, really? He is? He's the problem? Okay. And now, a message from our sponsors. Hockey fans, light the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $5 pre-game money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That wasn't enough excitement. You can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at even a bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use the promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game, and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. And now back to your regularly scheduled program. Let's, uh, we'll, we'll move on from Ryan Reeves. I mean, we could uh, talk about that all day, but I just, it, it's just a thing with, I don't understand, you know, I don't understand it. But um, the other topic, uh, before we get into our Hall of Fame list, yeah, I'll just talk about this one briefly because um, it's been brought up. If the, old, the folks on the old message boards will remember this topic, but it's it's come back up on uh, on, on Facebook today on, in one of the groups. Um, basically, somebody put a video up from 1986. It was a game between the Flames and the Detroit Red Wings. And Fatio is trying to fight Probert and Probert won't drop the gloves. Um, it's actually the second time that has happened. That actually happened in the American Hockey League as well. Um, that Fatio challenged Probert and Probert didn't drop anything. Um, so of course, you know, obviously there's a number of, there's a few different schools of thought. You, of course, you got the Fatio fanboys yelling that Probert was scared of Nikki. Uh, okay. Um, other, now the Probert ones or whatever are yelling that he's just trying to draw the penalty. Or that he might be hurt, which doesn't really hold water because he fought Hunter like four minutes after this happened. So he clearly wasn't hurt, but, um, or drawing a penalty, which Probert has done in the past with different guys, Cronin, blah, blah, blah. Um, so anyway, it's all going back and forth. And of course, you, you're going to, obviously, you're going to have your Probert fanboys in there and everything else. Um, you know, obviously, in terms of a fan, from my point of view, I will, I'll be complete to trans, for transparency reasons. I will completely say that I'm a much bigger Probert fan than I am Fatio. Not that I have anything against Fatio, but Probert's one of my favorites and Fatio, I'm just sort of middling on. But, um, <laughs> I, was Bob Probert scared of Nick Fatio? Well, no. Like, I don't. I mean, I guess we'll never know because Probert's not around to answer that question. But um, I don't think anybody ever asked him the question. But like I, I kind of brought up, I'm like, well, but this is the same guy that has fought from junior to the his last day in the NHL. Um, he fought every heavyweight that was came at him multiple times for some guys. Um, why all of a sudden, at, in this video, like in Calgary in 1986, why would Bob Probert, Who's, he was just, I think this is basically, a, was a second year in the league. So he's wanting to make bones and be the king. Why would he be scared of, at that point, a 34, and I'm not saying this to be derogatory, but let's, seriously though, why would he be scared of a 34-year-old washed up Nick Fatio at that point? Like Fatio, I think, played 
what, one more season after this? There are 20-some games after. I think I looked it up. He played with Philly for 20 more games. I mean, so you really think a, a young, up-and-coming Bob Probert full of piss and vinegar would be scared of Nick Fatiu at that point? Can't see it. Um, of course, then, that using that logic, somebody could say, well, how about a guy, he's in the American League trying to make a name for himself. Why wouldn't he fight Fatiu then? Well, that's that's an honest question, and that's a good question. Who knows? I don't know. We weren't there. Um, again, but on the same hand, you could go the same logic, right? He's a rookie. Why would why would he not fight Nick Fatio? Because that's the quickest way the NHL is. Holy shit! Did you see our young guy take it to Fatio the other night? Like, because Nick's a big name at that point, right? Like, Nick's a big name in the enforcer game. So, you know that that logic could go either way. Um, the only thing I could think of, this is just my opinion, um, with the American League one, as a rookie, um, I could see the coach telling him to not bother with Fatio. you're not ready for it, whatever, just let him alone, if he's bright, go after you, just don't bother, I think the coach tell. so at the same time, I mean, we can all sit there as fight fans and be mad that it never happened, and blame this guy, or blame that guy, or whatever, at the end of the day, I mean, when the coach tells you not to fight, you don't fight, that's just, you don't. Especially back then, like you just, or you're up in the press box, you know, so I, again, this is just me speculating. I think that could be the only reason I was, that I could think of is when Pro was going out there, they might, the coach might have told him, if Fatio comes at you, leave him alone, don't fight him. Because as a rookie, I don't know why he wouldn't. Um, so, and again, later on with this incident, a couple of years later in the, in the NHL, again, I don't know why he wouldn't unless he was just trying to draw a penalty. I guess, or told not to fight him. I have no idea. Because, for, like I said, a few minutes later, he fights Hunter. Now, it might have been the coach told him, if you're going to fight anybody, fight Tim Hunter, because he plays regular. Fatio never plays. Hunter's a regular. So fight Hunter. I could see that happening. But, again, this is all me speculating. Who knows? That's all we all have is speculation. But, um... But I just think that at the end of the day, the the idea that Probert was scared of Nick Fatio seems a little foolish to me. I'm like, why would he be? What? But he's not scared of Dave Brown or Tony Twist or Semenko or what or Archie Henderson or whoever. Like you know, like. But he's scared of Nick Fatio. Like, meh, you know. Uh, and like I said, I guess I'm. Now, like, again, to be completely honest, um, I've never been in the Fatio camp of him being this big killer. Again, that wasn't my time either. Um, and there is limited footage. Obviously, I've never seen the Fatio WHA stuff or whatever. Um, from the Fatio footage that's out there, mm, you know, I have a hard time jumping up and down and yelling Nick's a top three guy or whatever. Some people have him. Some people, oh, well, you had to have been there. I, yeah. I guess I had to, I had to, I should have been there. You had to have been there to understand it. Uh, because I said, from the outside looking in, I don't understand it with Fatio. Now, again, I'm not saying he's some punch and bag or anything like that, far from it. But um, I just see not really fighting all that much. I, a lot of squaring off and not engaging. Again, I'm not saying because he was scared or anything like that. But he, I will definitely say he knew how to put on the show. Um, become the center of attention, put the spotlight on him. You can make it look like he was really willing. Um, again, I'm not saying he was scared of anybody because he clearly wasn't. But he could put on a show. I'll say that. And that's the point. Um, but in terms of his fighting ability, like I said, I get it depends who you talk to. I mean, 
I've seen players like say that, no, nah, he wasn't really, they didn't, like they all say he's tough and whatever, but they kind of just shrug and they're like, oh, there's guys that were a lot better. There are guy, other guys that I worried about. Um, you know, so it's just, you know, so again, this idea that Probert would be scared of him, I, I think it's sort of asinine. Um, but I mean, who knows? And then I said, then you get some of the comments, of course, on both sides that, you know, I just, whatever. And of course, a couple of idiots like, it's because he wasn't on coke yet. And, oh, okay. You're, you're a hero with your comments. Yeah. Oh, you're so edgy, bro. Yeah. Um, there's always clowns. But no, it's an interesting sort of a debate, right? It's a, like I said, it's one of the fight fight nerd fight group nerd conversations. Is like the um, when we did the Phantoms list the other day, you know, the whole McLaren Parker thing. Yeah, even in the comment section of my video after um, Thomas watched it, he said, "Well, I still give McLaren the win." And I said, "That's a tough way to get a win," um, you know. But I get it, you know. But that was always the debate. Like I, said, I brought up in the video, you know, I won't bring it up again. But, you know, with the whole Parker-McLaren, same thing. This has been brought up a few times over the years. Um, you know, with the whole Fatio probert thing. You know, there's always these stories that... Uh, and it's interesting as the fight groups uh, go on. Um, they rehash and they come back up. Um, you know, and, it, and I can remember it from the fried chicken fight site days and all the different topics that we talked about are now, you know, they, they, they appear in the enforcer appreciation group or in the hockey fights, hits and brawls page and stuff. And, uh, and it's, and it's funny to see it uh, come back because you see the old timers like myself and like Steve and guys like that, Steve and, uh, you know, and, uh, and Jim and, and, and us old timers. Um, we remember those old conversations and, you know, so we'll chime in, but then you have a younger generations or guys that weren't on the message boards and this is their, air quotes, this is their fried chicken, right? So they, they're new to the conversation. So you get new ideas or new feedback on old topics. So it, it's, it's fun to go back. It's fun to read the comments. And now, like I said, there's always some fucking idiots. There was idiots back then too, though, in the fried chicken group, there was lots of guys on fried chicken that I didn't like that, uh, you know, whatever, but, and there's lots of guys in these groups that I don't like. You know, that I, that I see them comment and I roll my eyes and it's just like, holy shit, are you clueless? Uh, not that they, again, not that they're disagreeing with me, but just this, ugh, like what, what are you talking about? You know, um, and I, I, I can't remember who I was, it might have been Tony I was talking to this, with this about. I, I always find it, and I shouldn't, um, but I'm often surprised, like if somebody puts up a fight, you read the comments and it's like, oh, I've never seen that one before. That was a beauty tilt. And it's like, really? what? You've never seen this before. It was, oh, it was the Cox Probert fight, the first one from Vancouver. And a bunch of people are commenting, oh, I've never seen that one before. That was better than the one that's, that was at Detroit. And it's like, how have you never seen this fight before? But then I look and the guy's probably in his 20s. Well, why? And he never owned fight DVDs or any. Why, why would he have? Why would he have seen it? You know what I mean? Like. I have to remember that sometimes. Or like uh, somebody will put up a the McCowan Delorme fight, and they're like, "Oh, it's one of the best fights I've ever seen." Awesome, thanks for posting that. What you've never seen that? Like that's a that's like a you know uh, one of the Ten Commandments of a hockey fight fan is that fight, you know. But um, but again, if you weren't involved in the hobby or you weren't on the fight message boards, yet, why would you know about these? Um, you know, and if you're not around people that are like, yeah, you should watch this fight. I mean, 
And somebody's like, well, it's been on YouTube for years. Yeah, but if, if you don't know to look it up, why would you go look it up? Like, if you don't know who Ron DeLorme is or Jamie McCallan, you're not going to type their names into YouTube. So why would you see it, right? Uh, so it's like, yeah, you know, one of the same thing. Like when I was doing those player spotlights, uh, who was it? What fight was it? Um, oh, son of a bitch. I can't remember who it was. It was Aaron Downey fighting somebody. I'm trying to think who I just did the player spotlight on. Was it Thornton? Anyway, um, I mean, I knew both the guys involved, and it's a great fight, and they go toe-to-toe. Um, but, oh, it was Lassard and, and Downey, and it was a great fight, And uh, but I had I'd never seen it. I know both guys, but I've never bothered to type in Francis Lassard versus Aaron Downey. Why would I type it in if I never knew it existed? So that's when Drop Your Gloves really being gone sucks because at the time, if I was looking at a Francis Lassard and I was scrolling his fight card because they had the ratings and everything, if I'm scrolling it down, I see a rating of 9.5 and the fun factor. Well, shit, I'm clicking on the little video icon. I would have watched that fight a long time ago if Drop Your Gloves is around, right? But this is, again, another one of the reasons it sucks that it's gone. And it's coming back, folks, for those asking. Once again, Steve is bringing it back. We're just, they're they're doing shit online. It takes takes a long time to set these sites up and do it the way Steve wants to do it. But believe me, folks, come the new year here, when the, um, when the site comes up, the Fight Chronicles, it is called, when that site is comes, fightchronicles.com comes out, you'll be loving it. Believe me, you'll love it. But, uh, all right. Enough of that. Finally, we'll get into this, my, the, the, the finale. We're hitting clean up here, this topic. It's the, the best fighters that are in the Hockey Hall of Fame. Let's, uh, well, I'm, uh, click on the link here and, and we'll get into this. But, uh, all right. <clears throat> hey, Darren, I think you'll enjoy this. This is a really interesting take on All Stars fighting in the Hockey Hall of Fame. Okay. Um, Well, it kind of looks like they just kind of copied and pasted. It doesn't really say where they got this from. Um, Dean Almond, Amond is the writer, and this is from, oh, it's recently, 20, well, 2021. Okay. Um, but it doesn't say the site, it just says the, and then it's, okay, well, whatever. It doesn't really matter, I guess, but whatever. We're, uh, we're looking into this here. <clears throat> Uh, obviously enforcers and stuff don't make the hockey hall of fame, but there are plenty of tough, tough individuals that have and have their name, uh, on a plaque in the hockey hall of fame that were certainly feared when they dropped the gloves. We're going to do a list of the top 10. Hope you, hope you enjoy. Okay. Well, here we go. Let's scroll down. Uh, number 10 elected in 1990. Okay. Well, we're off to a hot start elected in 1993, uh, or inducted into 1993. Pardon me. Um, now I minimize my screen. I hate why. Why do I do that? Okay, here, there. Elected in nineteen ninety three, Battle of Billy Smith was one of the is the toughest goaltender to ever play. Uh, had had numerous dust up with Lenny Bell, Tiger Williams had a running feud with Wayne Gretzky, one of the winningest goalies of all time. Many has the Stanley Cups to prove it. But but Billy Smith would drop the blocker and take the mask off and fight his own battles. Um, yeah, he. Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, Smith was certainly, uh, you know, he, I always like to fight with, uh, who is Lanny McDonald. Uh, he like takes his stuff off and he puts it on the top of the net and he kind of waves his, uh, teammates off from jumping in and him and Lanny go at it. I always, I always dug that. Um, I always, hey, I respected the fact that he would fight his own battles without a doubt. Um, but he was certainly, you know, with the blocker, with the stick and everything else. Um, you know, I, I'm interested what the rest of this list is if we got a goalie on the list, but all right. Um, I, how do you put him in? I, he's a great fighter. I, who knows? He didn't have that. I don't think, would he have three or four actual fights? Um, so, you know, whatever. I would say as far as, although he's not obviously never going to make the Hall of Fame, but I would say as fighting goalies go, I'd probably say Ray Emery was a better fighter than Billy Smith was. But I, if anybody ever asked me the toughest goalie, like best fighting goalies, I, Ray Emery's my number one guy. But, um, you know, I, yeah, I mean, Smith certainly had the huge reputation. So, anyway, there we go. Number 10, Billy Smith. That's pretty funny. <clears throat> uh, number nine, Red Horner. Like the 1965 had the distinction of uh, leading the NHL in penalty minutes for seven consecutive seasons. His election was not without controversy, um, as he wasn't even the best defenseman on his team. But tough guy, often called dirty, but would never back down. Um, yeah, I mean... I mean, what can I say about Red Horner? I mean, yeah, he led the NHL with this, uh, seven times or seven consecutive years of penalty minutes. Uh, that's pretty badass. Um, I, I can't tell you what kind of fighter Red Horner is. Obviously, I don't have any footage of Red. Um, you know, obviously back then, uh, fighting really wasn't the tool, obviously, that it became. And they didn't really have designated, I guess, enforcers where, you know, guys were fighting 20, 30, 40 times a year or anything like that. Um, I, I think... Uh, so it, it, it's hard to sort of um, rate a guy like in that sense. Um, but, I mean, in terms of... But hockey back then, I mean, they're, oh, the amount of sticks swing in. And, I mean, guys were just getting carved up. Obviously, no helmets. Equipment's next to nothing. Um, and it was like Thunderdome back then. And, I mean, you'd see stick fights and guys punching out refs. And, I mean, it was a war zone. Um, but in terms of one-on-one fighting, I don't think there was a lot of that. Um, obviously there was brawls and stuff like that, but I, I think the amount of one-on-one fights was, were sort of, that sort of didn't seldom happen. So was Red Horner a great fighter? You know, probably for his time, I guess, but you know, pretty, you know, six, they got him six, one, you know, 210 pounds. So he wasn't a small guy, you know, in that sense, back in the, back when he was playing in his era. Um, so I, I mean, I can't say he was, or he wasn't a great fighter. I mean, no one knows. I mean, there's no footage, so. Um, and I, and I'm pretty sure anybody listening, uh, was not around to, uh, get a hold of me and tell me how the Red, Red Horner fights went. So, um, yeah, so we will leave it up to, uh, folklore. Uh, but, uh, he, he certainly had the penalty minutes. We'll put it that way. Okay. Uh, click on the list. Uh, number, number eight on the list. Uh, 2020 inductee Jerome Aginla. Most known for his career with the Calgary Flames, bounced around the Stanley Cup, eluded him, but had a great career and would drop close to anybody famous for his playoff fight with Vince LeCavalier. Yeah, they, um, yeah, Jerome McGinley. He, uh, you know, 100 plus career fights. I'm a big Jerome McGinley fan. Um, you know, definitely a, a power forward, um, 500 goals. Um, uh, in terms of his fighting, actually, you know what? When he was with the Kamloops Blazers, I have some really good Jerome McGinley fights. Uh, on my YouTube channel when he was with in junior. Um, 
And a lot of times there, he was, uh, he was fighting like the other teams, like enforcers. Like I had the fight with, uh, Mohagan and, uh, I think Jamie Butt fought, fought a Ginla and, um, you know, just as a couple of examples, I don't have his fight card in front of me or anything, but, uh, yeah, uh, Iggy was a tough dude, uh, you know, and, and yeah, he, uh, certainly in terms of Hall of Fame, uh, well, in terms of a power forward list, he would be on that, but in terms of like toughest Hall of Famers, yeah, he's, he's definitely in the mix. I'm glad he's on the list. Um, yeah, he, uh, definitely deserving. Uh, you know, was, was he some super heavyweight killer? Uh, no, but I mean, you know, he fought some tough dudes. I mean, he, he was smart enough to obviously stay in his weight class and everything else. Granted, at the same time, that's the other thing with these power forward types, especially in the time frame that again, played, you know, that late nineties, two thousands. I mean, a lot of times, I mean, you're obviously, it's like, well, he doesn't have this guy on his fight. Well, how many times as a coach are you going to put your fourth line out against Jerome Ginla? Like, not many times. So, I mean, he's fighting, the, you know, the tougher defensemen, uh, you know, a Surrey, guys like that, Le Cavalier. Like, I mean, he's fighting guys that he's going to, um, that, what, like, that equal up to him because he's going to be off the ice for five minutes. So he's going to fight a Jamie Ben type guy or whatever, right? Someone in his category, I guess is what I'm saying. So I think that sometimes gets lost. Um, again, going back to the Ginla thing, I mean... Somebody's bringing up like Clark and Neely and talk. It was in my power forward tournament. You know, obviously again, in the power of, you know, and they're like, yeah, but talking to Neely and them, they fought like legit fighters and again, never did. And it's like, well, he kind of did, but it's like, no, he never fought the, you know, I guess, you know, the proberts of his time or anything, but, um, you know, at the same time, I'm pretty sure Calgary management was, uh, probably, t- you know, <laughs> telling him not to bother, but, uh, no, I, I think in just in terms of a Hall of Fame toughness, I think again, definitely deserves a spot on this list. Um, number set, well, there we go. Number seven, 2005 inductee Cam Neely. Um, 50 goal in 39 games. Cam unfortunately had injuries, uh, cut down his career, but will always be, uh, a tough heavyweight. No one to take on tough heavyweights. A tough left-handed fighter. <clears throat> um, Sorry, I'm not going to kind of, I'm just sort of briefly kind of going through these write-ups here. Um, yeah, I mean, Cam Neely's probably my favorite, uh, one of my all, yeah, him, Clark Talkett are probably like my top three favorite players. Um, yeah, unfortunately, the all thing and everything, I mean, we don't have to rehash that. Everybody knows about that. Um, but yeah, big guy, physical, uh, could fight. Uh, and the big thing with Neely, I think uh, that's like when he was fighting, he was fighting mad. Like, I, there wasn't a lot of whatever you want to call it. I hate, I'm not going to use, well, I know people like, oh, staged or whatever, appointment fights or whatever. Whatever the fuck you want to call them. Um, Aginla, or Aginla, you know, yeah, take two. Neely never really did those that I remember. Um, like, when he was fighting, it was born out of the play, pissed off, and throwing wild left hands. Um, and I can actually remember Jacques Mayotte saying that was the hardest he ever got hit was by Cam Neely. And that's coming a lot of ground when Mayotte says it, uh, in Jacques' brief call up with Quebec, he fought Neely and Neely catches him with a left that he said he thought he got his head knocked clean off. Um, yeah, Neely could throw down. Uh, I, I, the always problem with Cam is I've always said he was a bleeder. Um, so it never looked like he'd be bleeding all over. It never looked good, but 
I mean, was always gory. So you'd think, oh, look at this guy bleeding all over, got his ass kicked. But no, he was just, it was kind of like the Audgers thing, right? Like he, yeah, I mean, I think he probably started bleeding, turning his car on in the winter. Um, but, uh, yeah, old sea bass kicked some ass without a doubt. <clears throat> all right. Uh, number six, 2007 inductee Scott Stevens. Uh, known as probably the most ferocious body checker in hockey history. Scott Stevens could also throw down when he had to, uh, fighting, fighting legendary Bob Probert, Dave Brown multiple times. Scott Stevens not only knock you out crossing the blue line, but he could knock you out with his fist. Um, yeah, well that, that'll be a controversial pick because Scott Stevens is a very polarizing figure. Um, <coughs> old Y2J is just that, just screaming at his dashboard right now. Um, yeah, I mean, Scott Stevens obviously probably more, no, obviously more known for his body checks than anything else. Um, did have a hundred and some, 150, 60 career fights. Uh, most of those obviously happening at the beginning of his career in Washington and St. Louis. Uh, once he got to New Jersey, he really didn't fight that much anymore. Um, I have on this show, I mean, I'm sure a long time listeners are like, Oh God, don't go through the Scott Stevens thing again. I mean, that, that horse has been, uh, ridden. Multiple times, beat multiple times, and uh, and yet here we are. Um, yeah, so I won't get into all that. Um, he definitely stopped fighting in New Jersey. His fight card was still good, the, the few fights that he had, um, but he didn't really hold, he held on. He wasn't much. I've always said with Scott Stevens, I mean, he was a big hitter. Early in his career, he would fight. He was never, he would, now... The whole Ty Gomi call him a pussy thing and whatever, you know, whatever. That's, that's a whole other thing. Um, if you look at his fight card, he was far from a pussy. He didn't pick his spots. His fight card is awesome. He did fight Probert multiple times. Dave Brown, Jay Miller, you know, on and on. Um, Brashear. I think Brashear was his final career fight. So it's like, really, Scott, why is Scott Stevens fighting Brashear? Um, but yeah, you're not going to get a toe to toe. I always said Stevens, even in his younger days, was, you know, he would fight everybody. Like I said, his fight card was good and everything, but he was never a great fighter. He would fight, but he wasn't a great fighter. Um, he does have a, the fight with Miller, I would give him the win on that. It's on my channel. Um, but yeah, he was just a big, strong guy that would, that would grapple in his, in his fights. I mean, he wasn't going to go and swing and go toe to toe and wide open, but I mean, yeah, he is one of the most vicious hitters of all time. If not the most vicious hitter of all time. Um, but yeah, later in his career, yeah, he did pick his spots and didn't fight as much. And you know, I I can see both sides of the coins with that. On one hand, it's like guy's a Hall of Fame first pairing defenseman. Why is do you, why would he be fighting that much? And in his no jersey years, he was in his mid thirties at that point. So again, why is he fight? Why is he fighting all these guys that he should be like everybody keeps thinking he should fight Tidomi? Why should he fight Tidomi? Now there's the the well. If you're going to run around and hit people, you got to stand up for yourself. Well, I guess, but I mean, you know, Alexander Ovechkin's been doing that for 20 years, and he, he has the same amount of fights as Gretzky does. So, uh, you know, um, that just sort of popped into my head. But uh, I, I think Scott Stevens' fight card is good enough. He doesn't. He certainly doesn't owe anybody any fights. So, um, again, I get why people don't like him, you know, but, uh, and at the end of the day, yeah, he was a tough dude and definitely a feared, uh, feared player for sure. Uh, number five, uh, elected 1995, a big bird, Larry Robinson. Uh, Larry Robinson did not fight much, but, uh, when he threw down was, made a name for himself, was highly intimidating. 
his fight with Dave Schultz is legend. Oh God. Um, yeah, it, you know, <clears throat> now I would, if you want to have Larry, now again, it's a hall of fame fighters thing. So, I mean, obviously the list of guys wouldn't, is not very long in terms of who you're going to pick. Um, would I have Rom? Well, I don't know who the other guys are on the list, but I mean, kind of have an idea of who they might be. Would I have Larry Robinson on this list? I wouldn't have him in front of any of these people that I've talked about so far. Um, well, Billy Smith, I guess. Obviously, the goalie can go out of there. Um, I don't understand this fascination with Robinson. The guy fought literally once a year. Um, no, I'm not saying he was a pussy or anything like that. It just wasn't in his game. When he did fight, I guess. I mean, yeah, he had the, the the fight with Schultz is so overhyped and what did he win? Yeah. I mean, was it you know, did it cement Larry and in, in the Mount St. Rushmore of fighters? No. Um, you know, er, later on, I mean, you know, he got dropped by Dave Hutchinson. I mean, his fight with Paymont is whatever. I mean, he he wasn't really a fighter. And uh so I mean, he was a, like a physical guy, obviously Hall of Fame player, oh, clearly. Oh, that's what we're talking about. Hall of Fame player. I mean, I get why he shouldn't, I'm not saying he should have fought. Um, but this idea, like even you put that out of the line, I've had, like I said, even this message boards, I've had many of these battles with like these Habs fans just like, cause grandpappy told him you didn't wake up Larry. Like, oh God, like, you know, well, he could have been real. T- well, okay. He could have been, yeah, he could have been a great fighter. Well, but he wasn't, and he didn't, so, you know, coulda, shoulda, woulda. Um, again, I'm not sitting here trying to slam Larry. I have nothing against Larry Robinson. I, not, whatever, right? I mean, I just, I, I find the whole, the him and the, I'm sure Bobby Orr is going to show up on this list too. I mean, that's the other one. It's like, yeah, they would, Bobby Orr would stick up for himself for a Hall of Fame player. I mean, nothing, hey, nothing but respect. I think he had 50-some, 40-some fights. Um, so he would stick up for himself and everything else, but he couldn't fight. You go watch Bobby or fight. He would tackle the guy and then punch him when he was down. I mean, you know, whatever. Again, I'm not saying that he's got to go toe to toe and be John Rasty, but I mean, you know, let's get off this Bobby Orr was some great fighter. Again, he had nuts and would stick up for himself. Tremendous. But in terms of actual fistic abilities, no, he was not that great of a fighter. Just like I think Larry Robinson wasn't that great of a fighter. But anyway, that's my opinion. That's on it and whatever. But they got Larry here at number five. So let's see what else we got here. Number four, uh, elected in 2013, Brendan Shanahan. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Shanahan, one of the, one of the best power forwards of all time. Um, I think he's got 600 goals. Again, his fight card is tremendous. Um, and he would, he fought Probert and Brashear and all those guys. Another guy that would fight angry when he got wound up. Um, yeah, he was a real physical force. I'm a big fan of Brendan Shanahan's as a player. Um, maybe not so much as a GM, but as a player. Um, yeah, Shanahan was awesome. And, uh, I mean, I've always said with you look like a guy like him or Neely or a Ginla for that matter, really, um, or, well, any of the guys on this list. I mean, when, when you want a hockey player, that's what you want, right? You want the, the guy that can do it all. Like, yeah, the guy scored 600 goals. Would hit everybody and had a hundred plus career fights and I mean when you talk about a hockey player, <laughs> Brendan Shanahan was a hockey player and uh, yeah, Shanahan was badass man. I'm down with Shanahan. 
Number three, elected in 2002, Clark Gillies, the New York Islanders, legendary Hall of Fame player. Not only the captain, but the chief policeman seldom fought, but when he did, Jethro was a force to be reckoned with. Um, yeah, again, Clark Gillies uh, didn't fight often, but when he did, he was a force. Um, again, power forward. Um, I would say his, his I'm, I'm cool with him being in the Hockey Hall of Fame. Um, do I think he should be? No, I no, I don't think Clark Gillies should be in the Hall of Fame. If you're asking me for my personal, like, honest opinion, um, no, he was a he was a good, solid player. Was a major contributor to the dynasties of the New York of the, of the Islanders, without a doubt. Um, like I said, I like Clark Gillies and everything else, but I mean, when you look at his numbers, uh, you know, offensively, pretty, you know, they were okay, but nothing, you know. I mean, you have Rowan, I could talk it and all. Yeah, I mean, there's lots of guys that have better numbers than Clark Gillies that aren't getting into the Hall of Fame. Um, so, um, pretty, I don't know what, I must have been a weak draft class last year or, or that year or what. Um, but, but again, I have no problem with him being in it. I just like the, you know, a tough guy that's in the, um, in the Hall of Fame. That's cool. I mean, I, it's not like I'm, you know, picketing the Hockey Hall of Fame site and writing angry emails because Clark Gillies is elected. I mean, not at all, but, I mean, when you break it down, and really, when you look at his numbers, they were good numbers, but are they Hall of Fame worthy? Eh, you know, I don't, I don't think so. But hey, what? I mean, I don't give a shit. Whatever, it's cool that he's in. But I, I guess I'm saying it was a surprise election or pick for me. I, I really was. I surprised he was elected. I really was. But I was, you know, hey, that's cool. Um, but yeah. Getting back to the fighting part, yeah, well, I mean, what does this say about Clark Gillies fighting-wise? I mean, the bad dude, um, you know, back in the 70s, he was, uh, again, didn't fight often, but when he did, he put the beats on guys, and and really big, I, I mean, he's a big guy by today's standards. You know, so back then, you know, six foot three, six foot four, probably 225, I mean, that's, you know, definitely um, head and shoulders over most, and uh, yeah, man. Clark Gillies, bad dude. Uh, all right. Uh, number two, elected in 2016, Eric Lindros. Unfortunately, again, injuries really uh, derailed. Uh, well, we didn't really get to see the great, the best of Eric Lindros. Always a controversial figure, but big, imposing, and could and uh, could impose his will on anybody. Um, yeah, that I mean, that'll be another controversial place. I mean, not that he's on the list isn't controversial. I don't know if I would have him in front uh, in terms of fighting well eh. see this is again Lindros did not fight very often when he did he was very good at it um he had a great fight with go back and actually I encourage people to go and look at the uh the Chris Simon preseason fight that's a really good fight um fight with uh yeah I don't know McSorley I mean you could just see how big he was and like yeah Lindros could manhandle you um and I mean, hitting wise, that that'd be like getting hit by a friggin' truck. Um, you know, I've always said to this day, um, I have never seen a player that that like Eric Lindros. I mean, there was guys, there was obviously guys that could be that could do it better. Like there were better goal scorers, there was faster guys. There, were, I don't know if there was bigger body checkers, you know, uh, but and better fighter, you know, whatever. But in that complete package like that. I don't think so. I don't think to this day there hasn't been since. I mean, you could talk about Ovechkin and whatever, but Ovechkin can't fight. You know, um, you know, there are better goal scorers than him. Yeah, 
There was, but I mean, for a man to almost six foot six at 250 to move the way he did to have those hands, um, yeah, Lindros was a freak of nature. And, uh, you know, and it's a shame with the injuries and everything else. Again, a polarizing figure. You have a, you have a lot of different, you know, people with different opinions. Um, people still hold the Quebec thing against them. I don't know why. Cause I mean, it, I mean, I guess it was the look of an 18 year old being kind of the spoiled brat, but it's like, when you look into the history of it, eh, he wasn't wrong. He was right. They did move. Um, and he, he just didn't go there because they didn't trust the owner. Well, there you go. What happened a few years later? They moved to Colorado. So he had probably, he was probably within, had a, the right idea not trusting the owner. Um, but yeah, and I mean, you know, the whole hip, history of him and Bobby Clark and his parents. And I think that's overblown media horse shit too. But I mean, it's funny. Actually, every guy that I've had on this show that, um, that had run, they all liked, they loved Eric Lindros as a teammate. So it's interesting. You know, the, you know, I'm sure obviously there's guys that don't like him. Um, but, you know, regardless, um, in just terms, like we're not talking dressing, we're talking about the actual fisticuff abilities of the Hall of Fame players. Um, yeah, Lindros is one of those guys. I don't think we ever saw how, cause, you know, with the injuries and the head thing, he's not going to fight. So, uh, I don't think we ever saw Lindros the fighter that much. Um, uh, you know, but again, he had more fights than, or and how and how and Lynn and Robinson and all these guys, but I mean those guys. I mean you know there there were people that put them in front of Lindros, and it's like wow, not really. Um, I, I think just with this fight card and everything else, I don't know if I would put him in front of Shanny or Neely or anything like that. But um, but am I am I saying Cam Neely and Brendan Shanahan could beat Lindros up? No. Um, I would actually probably put Lindros. Eh, it'd be interesting. I actually might give Lindros the win against both those guys. Hmm. And now that I'm saying it out loud, yeah, I might, might. Yeah, so maybe it's actually the right spot for him. Um, but maybe not. It's hard to say. Um, but I agree Lindros should be on this list though. Oh, and Gillies. Yeah, that'd be, I don't know if I'd put him in front of Clark Gillies, but, um, yeah, I don't think I would. But that's but he definitely deserves to be on the list. I don't know if I'd have him at number two, but yeah, I would have him in the top ten of Hall of Famers. As I'm going through my mind, I'm trying to picture guys that are in the Hall of Fame. I'm trying. I'd have to look at a list, but um, I, I, is there guys like because I'm thinking star players that could beat Eric Lindros up? Like I don't, I can't think of too many. So yeah, he definitely deserves to be on this list. Number two, eh, we could debate that, but yeah, I get it. Who is the number one? On the, the top, best fighter in the Hockey Hall of Fame. I kind of have a feel, yeah. Number one, Gordie Howe, elected in 1972. Um, yeah, again, with the Gordie thing, I mean, I don't know. There's really no video of it. Um, I mean, anytime you mention Howe's fighting, Flotmato, Lou Flotmato, that's all anybody ever yells about. Like, and it's like, like, he broke his nose. I mean, people talk like he laid Fontenato up for months or something or ended his career. It's like he broke the guy's nose. I mean, everybody, there's, every fighter's had their nose broken in a fight. Um, you know, so, uh, you know, is that the big triumph that he ended Lou? Uh, okay, you know. Um, and then again, it's according to who? Grandpappy around the, cross-legged around the fire? Let me regale you, Junior, with some, st- with some tales of Gordy. Um, there was a very interesting, I really want to dig it up. I think it was on the old fried chicken site. It was one of these guys, read newspapers.com. He's a real historian. He went back 
And basically, he looked like I think Howe had twenty some fighting majors. Again, a one fight a year guy. Again, in the fifties and stuff, they didn't fight like they do now. Whatever. Um, I know he was notorious for kind of like being dirty and elbow. Again, not that I have a problem with any of this, but he's more known for being with his elbows and his stick than anything else. Um, I know him and uh, Rocket Richard had a fight. I think he kind of jumped him from all accounts. But this guy basically broke down all of Howe's fights, and he had a write-up because he went through the newspapers.com, and he went to both papers, the the Detroit paper and whoever they were playing, and kind of got accounts of the fights, because when Howe would fight, it was a big deal, and, and he just basically shared the findings. Now, again, no one's seeing this other than maybe some still pictures and, and stuff like that. I mean... I mean, you talk to any of the old, oh, God, Gordy, you don't want to mess with Gordy. Even when he was in the WHA when he was 50. Oh, yeah, like, I'm sure, like, Jack Carlson and, like, you know, Cam Connor and all these guys were just terror. And, yeah, Gord Gallant was just terrified of a 50-year-old Gordy Howe. Like, come on. You know, like, yeah, he'd elbow you or stick you in the face or whatever. But, yeah, again, what what 22-year-old is going to go over to Gordy Howe legendary Gordy Howe in his 50s and dropped the gloves with them. I mean, that's why Howe got all... Howe definitely got a lot of respect. So you weren't going to have guys fighting him. But I mean, those guys would have tore Gordy a new one. You know, and don't sit there. Anyone listen to me, 50-year-old Gordy Howe is beating up any of the heavyweights in the WHA at the time. Like, dial it down. You know, come on now. Um, you know, again, he was in great shape. He played great at 50. It's unbelievable, but... Yeah, is he beating any of these guys up? No, you know. But um, in his prime, again, there's no footage, right? So who knows? Um, you know, the write-ups, I, I will dig the article up, and I'm going to try to find it so I can, and I will read the write-ups. They really weren't, they weren't all that particularly flattering about Howe's fighting ability, to be honest, if I can remember correctly. Because it was a real eye-opener to read for me, because all I had heard was, especially around Saskatoon, right? Is how tough he, and I'm not saying Gordy Howe wasn't tough, but he couldn't, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I think a lot of it, as the time has gone on, the myth grows and everything else. I, like, you, you think he's 10 feet tall and bulletproof by the time you're done listening to some of the stories of Gordy Howe. Um, I don't doubt he was ahead of his time in terms of a power forward with his physical ability and all that for the time period, for sure. Um, you know, and again, did they fight a lot? Not really. Um, but from reading these accounts, he certainly did not win every one of his fights or anything like that. No one does, right? Doesn't matter how tough you are. Um, but it was just really interesting to read, like I said. And, uh, and I, the names are escaping me right now who they were, but it was just, it was interesting to read a non, um, <laughs> the re, I don't want to say it was reality because it was somebody's reality. Now again, who knows? But it was from the writers at that time period. That were at the game. So that's all we can go with was their word, right? So, but again, I'm sure the Toronto guy or the, the Ranger guy or whatever is going to have their slant on the fight because their guy has to, you know, is going to get more punches in than, yeah, than he probably did. At the same time, the Detroit writer is probably going to say the same thing about Gordy that he was, you know, still undefeated, you know, well, okay. I mean, you still see that to this day. You still see that with, writers and fans and everything else I mean you know their, their guys gotta win so you know I guess you take every every article with a great assault and uh you know whatever but it's cool that they were dug up and and, and people have that so um I am gonna that is my mission I'm gonna find that uh that um because it was just 
when I can't remember when I saw it. It wasn't that long ago. I mean, I have a file of it somewhere. Or it's saved somewhere. I'm going to find it. Because it wasn't that long ago that I read it again. Um, and I remember thinking at the time, oh, I, I should do this on the air. This would be really interesting to read. And I have since... I, I'm sure I saved it in some files friggin', on some memory stick somewhere. So at any rate, I'll dig it up because it was it was really interesting to read. And the guy cited like different, had different articles and stuff. So it was actually a really cool, uh, it was a real cool piece that I'd like to share for sure. Um, but there we have it. Gordy Howe, number one. Lindros, two. Gillies, three. Shanny, four. Robinson, five. Stevens, six. Neely, seven. Uh, again, like eight. Red Horner, nine. And Billy Smith, ten. I'm surprised we didn't have a Bobby Orr or, uh, um, I don't know who else, who else could we have, who else would be on that list? I'm trying to think. Eddie Shore, uh, old time hockey. Um, I, Ted Lindsay, I guess. I don't, I'm, I'm trying to think Hall of Fame fighters. I mean, there really isn't how many guys fought that are in the Hall of Fame, right? Not many. Um, I mean, you got like Trachi and guys like that. I mean, whatever, Chelios, I guess. I mean, yeah, um, yeah, I don't know. I'd have to look at a list and go through it. But uh, anyway, that was the list. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, yeah, hour and a half here rambling. But uh, anyway, folks, I'm going to get out of here. Uh, it is 9 o'clock. I've, I stopped it, went and had supper and everything else. And now we're doing laundry and I'm going to go watch a movie. So, um, yeah, I'm going to wrap this up and get out of here. But I want to thank everybody for tuning in and listening. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, I will be back on Wednesday. Hey, we're getting close to Christmas here. So, um yeah, I have some ideas. I know I've talked to a few people out there. I've had to talk to a few um, fight fans. I've talked to a couple players. Um, I do want to get back to you. Like I said, the last couple of weeks have been a little nuts. So um, I don't know how many player interviews I'm going to have before the end of the year. Which, I mean, really, how many what, How many more episodes is that? Two? Two or three, I guess. Um, I don't know. But uh, we'll see how the, how the silly season goes and what's happening. The in-laws, well, the in-laws got COVID now, so... I mean, I don't know what we're doing and my brother's crazy schedule. So I'm not sure what's happening around here as Christmas closes in. But um, I will definitely have a couple more episodes. I might miss an episode or two for over the Christmas season, over the Christmas break. Um, but I will definitely talk to you guys again before the New Year. So um, anyway, I'm getting out of here. Thank you very much for tuning in and uh, have a good night. Thanks, everybody. And you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was on?